Welcome to Christian Faith Center Caldwell Campus Podcast. Our prayer is that you are blessed and encouraged by this message. For more information, you can visit experiencecfc.com. God bless. Let's go ahead and give a warm welcome to Pastor Jared as he comes up here to the stage. And uh, I think it's just such a treat to have you here with us, and I look forward to hearing what God has put into your spirit for our church today. God is good, amen. You know, I'd like to uh, tell you a little bit, um, you know, oftentimes in life we, and then I'm going to get in my message, but oftentimes in life we, you know, we get born again, we get, we get saved, we get transformed, God does something in our lives, and then we wonder why it is that we, we just, it's almost like we keep hitting our head against the wall, like banging our head against something or running into problems. Anybody ever notice that in life? So... Uh, today's message is really just a message geared towards transforming uh, that situation and bringing change in people's lives. So we're going to be reading a, a passage. Uh, the title of message, the message today is Sowing in the Flesh versus Sowing in the Spirit. <clears throat> um, we're going to be re- uh, reading Galatians chapter number 6. We're going to work, uh, read through 7 through 9, then we're going to pray together. It says, Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For if he sows to his flesh, we will, he will of his flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you first and foremost today, God, that you are on the throne. God, you are here in our midst, and God, you also live within us. God, you have not abandoned us. You have not forsaken us. But you have visited us even here today with your presence. Lord, that we can know that you're for us and not against us. Thank you for that today, God. Lord, and we just want to say yes to everything you have for us today, Lord. As the word is preached, Lord, I pray give me your unction, your ability. Lord, let me speak it clearly. And under the unction and power of the Holy Spirit, touch my lips, my heart, my mind. Lord, let it be in the wavelength of heaven. And God, I pray as it goes out, Lord, bring life to it. Lord, that it will fall onto ears that are hearing by the Spirit of God. Lord, that minds will be enabled to understand and hearts to receive your word today. I thank you for all of this. We commit it to your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Flesh versus spirit. You know, there are two power sources in the Christian life. Now, we all know that people who are not born again, they only have one power source. And that power source can do a lot, can it? It can cause destruction. It can, it can uh, run around showing everybody how cool I am. It can do a lot of different things. But for a Christian, we have a choice. Because the writer of this passage said, he said... Be not deceived. Because there are only two 
energy supports or supplies that you can build from in life. You're either building from one or the other. You know, I would like to liken this room today to our soul. How many of us know we got a soul? We're a three-part person. We are flesh, soul, and spirit if we're born again in Jesus. And if this soul, if this was our soul today and over there through those doors was the flesh and over there through that door was the spirit, did you know that only one of those doors can be open at one time? When one's open, the other's closed. When one's closed, the other one's open. And so if we are tapped into the flesh, our soul is receiving power from the flesh to do things according to the fallenness of humanity. Or if the door to the spirit is open, then the source of power is the Holy Spirit's power that's bringing in the ability to walk in a different manner and a godly way in life. And there's no in-between. You can't have, hey, today I'm going to have two doors open, yo. It's going to be pretty cool. I'm going I'm to feel the flow from both sides. No, God says, hold on. If you're going to be, hey, I'm still with you. You still have salvation. But if you're going to have that door open, I got to close to this one because I don't mix together with that. Is that making sense to anybody here today? You know, there's only one source that you can tap into at one time. And I'd like to talk about the flesh first and foremost, and then we're going to get to the, the, the better stuff later on. But the flesh, what is it? The flesh is mere human strength. That's all it is. It's the, a part of us that has energy and strength that does stuff. Sometimes it could be good and sometimes it could be bad. But I'd just like to let you know the real good stuff only comes by the Spirit of God. Amen? Because how many of us know the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, hey, I've done good for my youth. I've kept all the laws. And he said, there's still one thing you've left behind. Go sell all you have, give it to the poor, and come and follow after me. And how many of us know he went away sad because he wasn't willing to give up his power source that he was tapped into. So sometimes we can even do a lot of good stuff. You know, the flesh doesn't just do immorality and pornography and wickedness and, and hatred and murder. My friends, the flesh does something else too. It pouts around like, hey, look how cool I am. Look, I'm a holy guy. I'm a great person. And you know, this is what happens some, sometimes in life is we don't realize it, but we come in and out of the house of God and we feel something, right? We feel like something's great is going on in our lives, but then we go right back out. And you know what we do? We treat people harshly. We talk harshly to people. We yell at our kids. We, you know, we lose our patience. And we, sometimes we're confused. And I tell you what, there's a lot of people in the world that are confused too. I thought that person was like a Christian or something. You know what I mean? I, I thought, well, if that's what a Christian is, I don't want nothing to do with them. I'd just like to let you know, if you see some people like that, don't account unfaithfulness to God just because you see unfaithfulness in people. 
We should never be shocked when we see people walking around like that because that's who we are in ourselves apart from God. And you know, there's a lot of people that wonder, why is it that it seems like I'm like driven, tossed in one minute, I'm up, one minute, I'm down, one minute. I tell you what, because a lot of people have been sold a lie. They've been sold a lie that you can just, you know, just sort of cruise along in life and expect yourself to grow. But that isn't what Apostle Paul said here. What did he say? Be not deceived. For God is not mocked. For whatever you sow, you're going to reap it. Whatever power source you're tapping into in life, there's going to be a result of that. You may not even see it happen in one second, but I tell you what, sometimes in life, if you've ever been like I have, you just sort of start drifting a little ways. You know what I mean? You start drifting and next thing you know, man, you didn't expect to look like that, but all of a sudden you're reaping a harvest. Why? Because you tapped into a power source that can only produce death inside of you. You ever met those folks? They say they're really righteous and holy. And man, all they do is bring death on you. You know what I'm talking about? They come over to you and, hey, look at you. You're not following the Bible. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. My friends, the flesh likes to manifest in a lot of different ways, but it's all mere human strength, and every aspect of it produces death. It doesn't produce life. And I'd like to let you know, when you are doing nothing as a Christian, you are actually doing something. Did you know that? Sometimes we think, well, I'm just going to cruise along. Anybody ever let your backyard or your, your, uh, your landscaping cruise along before? Man, there's a weeds popping everywhere. Man, you didn't even know weeds could pop out of some of them places before, but all of a sudden they're popping out all over the place. You know why? Because I'm guaranteeing you that if you're not doing work, somebody else is. The enemy is going out to plant and to sow and to bring things into life. I tell you what, you'll start to see and you'll be wondering, where'd them weeds come from? You know where it came from? Because there's no pause buttons. In life, you're either going up or you're going down. There's no staying right here. You're either pressing on towards the upward call or you're sliding down the slippery slope. There's no in between. Because either one door's open and the other's closed or one door's open and the other's closed. You're only tapping into one source of power at one time. There's no such thing as standing still. You know, Jesus said this in Matthew 25, 26. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Now, in context, we need to understand that this passage here was in reference to a servant that was given something, and you know what happened, right? He did nothing with it. 
Think about it for a moment. He was given. How many of us have been given something by God? And we're called to do something with it. And he thought, no, it's just going to be good if I just be like I am. Just stay just like I am. And when the master comes back, I'll just give him back what he had, you know. And, 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 and we don't like to look at those words. We, we don't like to stare, stare it in the face. But the reality is, is he was called lazy. You know what lazy is? Lazy is not pressing up. But it's slipping down. That's what it is in life. And there's no such thing as standing still because to the degree you yield yourself is the degree that you will see growth in the flesh or in the spirit. To the degree you yield yourself. You know what yielding is? Anybody ever want to like merge onto a road and you're like, oh, I better yield. I better get out of the way because otherwise that car's going to hit me. You know, yielding is getting out of the way. That's what it is. Getting out of the way and allowing God to do his work. You know what that means? To put yourself down. As John said, I want to decrease so that he can increase. That's important stuff. You know, it says here in this verse, Matthew chapter 13, 23, something that we can see that the, to the degree you yield is the degree that you will produce. And it says, but to him who so receives seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. You know who that is? That's the believer. Can I get an Amen. That is the believer. That's you if you believe. But listen to what it says. Who indeed bear fruit to production? Some 100, some 60, and some 30. You know, one day I was really praying and pressing into this scripture, and I was asking the Lord, what, what do you mean by this? And he spoke to me, and he said, well, you got to see something that... That there are different Christians that yield themselves more than other Christians. There are things that they allow in the spirit of God to develop in them to where, man, some of them are hundredfold Christians. Some of them are thirtyfold. Some of them, yeah, you know, I serve them here or there. But you know what a hundredfold Christian is? That's the person that my whole life is his. And so we see that in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, we see a highlight of this in the Apostle Paul's writing to the church in Corinth. It says, now if anyone builds on this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work it is. You know what that means? Well, I'd just like to highlight this, that Apostle Paul said, there is a foundation that's laid, which is Christ Jesus. Amen? No other foundation can you build on in life. Amen? Can we agree with that? In the same breath, he says, be careful how you build on it. 
Because some people, yeah, I got salvation, I got Christ. But you know what they do? They build on it with inferior quality materials. It's called the flesh. It's something that in the end, when the fire tests it, it's going to be burned in a second. It's going to go up in flames. It's all going to be gone. But what is done in the spirit? My friends, this is such a beautiful thing when God started to reveal this to me. You know that there's going to be a day when, the, when all the people of God, the saints, they're going to lay their crowns down before God. How many of us know that? And the Lord showed me something. You know why they're laying the crowns down? It's because that was not them that did it. That was the Holy Spirit's work. So the crowns were really Jesus's anyway. The glory was his. It was his work. It was his power. It was his strength. All they did is yielded themselves. Yielded themselves. They said, Lord, here I am, Lord. I want to be usable. I want to be. And, and so we see here, even so, that Apostle Paul says that some Christians are going to have some gold, silver, and precious stones. But some of their building materials, if they were flesh, if some of your life you just pushed the pause button or stood still, but you didn't realize that you're building with the flesh, one day a fire is going to come. And the fire is going to test that work. My friends, I don't know about you, but I want to press into being a hundredfold Christian. I want to press into being a Christian that has the goods of God developed inside of my life so that when people come to me, they don't see whatever, whatever they can see in somebody over here that's a normal human. They can see Jesus. They can see the goodness of God. It's a wonderful thing when you think about it. You know, and today I would really like, because right now we just sort of, we, we discovered some truths about what could be going on in people's lives, that there's two different power sources. But I'd like to try to make this a little bit practical here today for us. You know, because, man, I, you know, as a Christian, you know, I know I got born again. I know my life was changed. It was saved. But, man, I, I just keep hitting my head. I keep having this problem over and over, this issue that's going on. And sometimes we wonder why that is. Why is that happening in my life? You know why? Because we're tapped into a power source that's not the Spirit of God. And you can only expect that there's going to be a, a, what I call a crop or fruit from that seed that's popping up in your life. Nature itself teaches us this. Whatever seed is sown, it produces after its kind. And so I'd like to give some things that I believe the Lord would like to use to help us in a practical way to bring change in our lives. The first thing is transformation through breaking it up. Let us look at Hosea chapter number 10, verse 12. It says, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and rains righteousness on you. I'd like to focus in on that one little phrase, break up your follow ground. 
Did you know nobody else is responsible for your soil but you? The pastor can't bring you into it. The evangelist, yeah, we can preach some words that stir you up, that edify you, but what are you going to do when the word comes? Are you going to respond to it? Are you going to walk it out? You catching what I'm saying here today? We got to break up our follow ground. You know what that means? I'd like to talk about it for a few moments. You know, any of us in this room here today have some issues going in our, on in our lives where maybe we lose our patience or we, our anger gets away with us? Some issues that keep sprouting up that we're like, man, why is that thing in my life? And then the enemy comes in and wants to condemn you, wants to tell you you're no good. And man, it's like a, a hamster wheel. Anybody ever see one of those go? They keep running, but they're going nowhere. I tell you what, we're called to break it up. You know, the follow ground in those days was likened to this, hard soil. You know, sometimes we think that just coming in and out of church is going to break up that follow ground. And it can do some little breaking up. That's what the church is here for. But did you hear what it says? Break up your follow ground. You know what that means? You're going to have to do something about it. You're going to have to, you know, that farmer, when he hit the, the soil was hard in the field, he had to put some serious, strenuous energy into breaking that up. I tell you what, when your flesh has been in control, I'm telling you what, it's like a train. You know what I mean? It's a hard thing to stop without the spirit of God. But I tell you what, you can pull the brakes on that thing and say, I'm putting a stop to this and it's gonna take a while for it to stop. But what you're doing is you're breaking it up. You gotta analyze it. You gotta start to think about what it is that you're doing and you gotta start to say, no, I'm breaking this thing off in my life. That's what the farmer did. He went out in the soil and he meticulously broke up the soil and take out his oxen and he would plow through that field so that some good could be sprouting up in there rather than weeds. We must break it up. The next thing is transformation through beholding God's glory. You know, this, the, the part of this, it says, it's time to seek the Lord. Hosea, Right? And 2 Corinthians also says this in chapter 3, verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror of the Lord, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed from the same image, from glory to glory, as by the Spirit of God. My friends, I'd like for you just to think about this for just one moment. Beholding. You know, it's time to seek the Lord. You know, I tell you what, if we would start to see the Lord, behold his glory, start to spend time with him. You know what that means? Intimate fellowship. You know, some people, they come in because if I don't, man, my life's going to be messed up. No, that isn't why we come in. We come in because we love him, because we want to spend time with him, because we want to know him. And the Bible says when you start to know him, you're going to start to be transformed. 
transformed. You know, some of y'all folks in here, you want some of your stuff changed. I tell you what, if you just spend an hour just loving on God every single day for one year, I tell you what, in one year, you'll be unrecognizable. You know why? Because I'd like to tell you, if a Mack truck hits you in the street, you're going to change. 45, 50 miles an hour, there's something going to happen to you, amen? I tell you what, if you see God, how much more are you going to be changed? How much more if God impacts you, if you're spending time with him every day, man, he's going to start to trim some things off in your life, isn't he? You're going to start to become different. Could you imagine what that's like? One year, man, all those irritations and things, man, you know, it's so easy to rail on things, especially in the United States right now. Look at this, look at that, gas prices, uh, you know. Everything else that's going on. But I'll tell you what, in one year, if you just spend time with God, man, he's like, I got all this in my control. You'll know his heart, and the Bible says from glory to glory. You know what that means? You're going up. You're going up. You're going up. The more you spend time with God, the more you're going to be going up with God. It's an amazing thing, beholding the glory. And then you become in the same image. I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't want to live in the image of man. I want people to see Jesus written on me. I want to see the people see the glory of God written on me. That when they encounter me, there is something of God that they can't shake off. I didn't even say much. You know, it just reminds me of Something that happened in the rescue mission a few days back. There was this programmer. He was about ready to leave. And I see you guys don't agree with me. And, you know, this program's not working out for me. And, you know, I see that we're not jiving. And, you know, he went on and on for a while. And then I just walked over. I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit just to put my hand on his shoulder. And all I said is, I love you. That's it. I love you and I see what God's doing in your life and I see how much more he's going to do in your life. And immediately this man, he bows his head down. You know why? Because he had an encounter with the love of Jesus. And he went from leaving the program to, hey, guess what? I'm staying. You know why? Because the image of Christ was being born through me. He was seeing something of Jesus in my life. And my friends, that's what it's all about. If all we show in people as humans, they meet them all the time. Greater works will you do than I have done. You know why? Because there's going to be a bunch of little Jesuses walking around all over, little images of God that are all over the earth. Because God is good, Amen. You know what I love about God? When he starts to show us who we are, it's not to leave us that way. It's to change us into something else. But you know what? We got to cooperate. It's time to seek the Lord until he reigns righteousness. Until he brings it down on us. Until he chisels it away. Until he transforms that area. Transformation can also be done through doing what is right. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, sow for yourselves righteousness. You know what that means? Do what is right. 
Do what is right. What does it mean? It means right doing. Look at the word. The word says, love your brother. If you don't know how to do it, start to press into it and start to act on it. I tell you what, one of my friends in the front here, he, and I'll, I'll, I'll quote him, align yourself with the word of God and see what God will do. Align yourself with the word of God. I tell you what, there's power behind that. You know why? It's God's word and it's yes and amen. You align yourself with what his word says. Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you. Start to align yourself with that. Some of your people in your family that be down talking to you, you give them a blessing instead and you just start to practice that for like month after month, year after year. Boy, I tell you what, it's changing something in here. You know why? Because God says, there's somebody that takes me at my word. That's good, isn't it? God is good. And so I'd like to go now to what I call, what do you do in the heat of the moment? You know, when the time of trial and testing come, when the time when the enemy is going to come and test you, what building materials are you going to use? You know, you got a choice, don't you? When that anger wants to well up and that impatience and that government and that Biden and that gas price and whatever else it might be that's trying to well up inside of us or this judgment about somebody who's a Baptist or this person. I'm being serious. It's nitty gritty, isn't it? What are you building with? Because God is for people, not against them. Amen. He's fighting for people. Man, just think about him. He's on the cross and his hands are stretched out and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Think about it for a moment. People who had spit on him, plucked his beard out, dislocated his arms, he was for him and not against him. What materials are you building with? Because I tell you what, in the heat of the moment is what builds into you what your character will be. What you do when the press happens, how you respond, how you react, what you do in that place is what develops you on the inside. Are you going to say, Jesus, help me? You know, sometimes we got to walk away. Lord, my flesh is raising up, but right now I'm getting in the spirit. Help me. And we just need to come back. And with the love of Jesus, approach people. You know, I tell you what, character is going to start to be developed. That's the most beautiful thing. I don't care how loud people preach or how quiet or how profound their words are. If they don't got the Jesus inside of them, the guts of Jesus, you know, most of us are not even interested in hearing what that person has to say. You won't, people won't know how much you love them until you show them how much you love them. Your words don't mean much, do they? With that being said, you know, there's a scripture verse here. Galatians chapter six, verse nine, it says, and let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, you will reap if you do not lose heart. You know, I believe right now the Lord is speaking. Some of you all in this place have lost heart. But you know what? He came to restore the joy of your salvation. 
to press on. You know, and I just remembered a story as a young Christian, three, four years into ministry, just a stirring came into me. God, I want, Lord, I see your word. And God, I don't look like this word. God, and it was, it was really God saying, I, you know what? There's some flesh in you that I need to cut out. You know what I did? I just started to press into God. And day after day, I would just spend time with God, behold his glory. You know what? There came a day when one day at the rescue mission, I was sitting in a meeting with other staff and they started to talk about this one character who was, man, he just, everybody else in the discipleship program, he did bash him up against the head with the Bible. You know, he, he was, he, he wielded the Bible, but to do damage rather than to bless people. And as they were doing that, the Lord spoke to me and he said, hey, I want to let you know that they're speaking about him, but I'm actually pointing at you. And I started to argue and wrestle. God, hold on, I've been preaching. Man, you see how many people get saved when I preach? But you know what happened? He said it again. I said, okay, Lord, if that's you, you gotta show me. You gotta show me. I went back to the desk where I was working in the office and there was this pamphlet. It said, am I a legalist? And I read that pamphlet and they had questions on it. I'll tell you what, I was a legalist. I was a flesh Christian. Yeah, I was born again, but I was trying to save people with my own strength. And when I realized how much damage I did, I fell under the conviction of God. I saw who I was in his sight. And I said, God, have mercy. I want to be a different person. Change my heart. Make me different, God. And as I rose up from that prayer, it was like a ton of bricks had come off my back. You know why? Because I was putting people under the same condemnation as myself. I was condemning myself all the time. I didn't have liberty. And I started to let people, I, 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 man, I kicked so many people out of the mission. The, the, the list was from the ceiling to the floor probably. But I started to take names off. Like maybe this guy wasn't that bad. Maybe that guy wasn't that bad, <laughs> you know. And one day this guy came back to the mission who had been, I kicked out and he didn't like me much. And he's very suspicious of me. Why did he let me back in? Maybe he's going to trap me in something. But he observed me for about three months. And one day he walks up to me. I remember I was standing in my office door and he said, Jared, I used to hate you. But now I love you. And you know what he did? He leaned over and he gave me a kiss on my cheek. This homeless man. I tell you what, it was the most beautiful thing that I have experienced on earth. You know why? Because I realized that what was inside of me was produced by God and by no man. It was the goodness of God. I, I, I said it right in front of my wife. I said, you know what? I, I, the wedding day kiss was good, but that kiss was really good. <laughs> I didn't care what type of germs he had or anything. You know why? Because I was full of the love of Jesus. 
That man saw how I acted for those three months and he saw that there was something different. You know what? It all came because I didn't lose heart. I kept pressing forward. I kept pressing into God. I kept moving forward. God, I want more of you. I want more breakthrough. Lord, I want to break up the follow ground, God. I want to see these flesh roots pulled out, Lord. I want to see the spirit grow in my life. And I tell you what, when he does something, nobody can undo it. Nobody can undo it. There's folks that I've encountered all throughout my history and walk with Jesus who they say, wow, there's something in you. You know what? I just say, if you see something good, that's because of God. If you see something bad, you know who that's because of. That's because of me. You know, and right now I believe that this is a divine moment where some Christians have been banging their head too long against the wall. They've been wondering why I'm going up and down. I tell you what, because... You've grown weary in well-doing. You don't realize you're right on the edge of reaping if you don't lose heart. If you get a hold of God because God wants to do something, he's got a hold of you. And right now is a divine moment where we can have transformation, where we can start this journey of saying, God, I'm not going to stand still anymore. I'm not going to push the pause button spiritually. God, I'm going to press into your presence so I can know you more, so I can hear your voice, God, so you can reveal your word to me, God, so you can show me who you are. My friends, if that's you, you know that the Lord was speaking to you. You know, you felt that tug. You felt that stirring inside of yourself. I need more, God. I'm tired of living this way. God, I'm tired of going up and down, Lord. I want the real deal, the stuff of the Spirit of God. If that's you, we're going to stand to our feet. And while you stand, if that's you, we're going to be going to prayer. You can just raise your hand wherever you may be. If that's you, unashamedly, anybody in here would say, that's me, I need change. Praise God, I see hands all over the place. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, I don't know how many hands there are. But God is good, amen? So we're going to pray together. Can you just pray this prayer from your heart? Say, Jesus, Lord, I've heard your word. Here I am. I give myself to you. Lord, I'm tired of standing still. Lord, I'm going up. I'm pressing on. And right now, Jesus, I yield Lord, I want the power source of the Spirit to move in my life. So right now, Lord, I hear your voice. And I say, Lord Jesus, forgive, wash, cleanse, Lord. You said you're faithful and just to cleanse and to wash. So right now, I give myself to you. And I say, yes, Lord, to you in the name of Jesus. You know, right now, we're going to have a time of prayer. There's going to be people in the front. My friends, maybe some of you are sick. Maybe you got some other issues. Maybe you just need a furtherance of the prayer you just made. Maybe you need somebody to, to stand in the gap with you. We'll be available for all of you. You know why? Because we love you and we want to support you. Don't miss your moment, my friends. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you can take a moment right now and say yes to Jesus. The Lord bless you.